talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 819, a very cold 819 this morning on this Friday, today, December 23rd, just a couple of days away from Christmas in downtown Murfreesboro. Right now, the temperature looks to be right around zero degrees. In fact, I, you know, I don't remember the last time the temperature got as cold as it is this morning. And boy, is it ever cold this morning. The wind chill was in some areas of Rutherford County, negative 10 degrees. Hard to believe, but man, once that wind gets blowing and it's already at single digits, it it can make it feel like up to negative 20 degrees. And, And that's what we are going to see in some areas of the community, probably later on tonight maybe even during the day but late tonight into saturday morning as well and we'll give you a complete update on that forecast in just a few minutes we are broadcasting from the middle tennessee electric studios middle tennessee electric supplying power to the station's 328 foot tower in downtown murfreesboro Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. And again, keeping you up to date on any closings that are happening here in Rutherford County, we do have one closing to bring you up to date on, and that would be the Rutherford County Library System. Due to inclement weather, all branches of the Rutherford County Library System are going to be closed today, December 23rd. Again, that's due to inclement weather, due to the wind chill factor, due to icy roadways, and uh, especially in some outlying areas. If you are out and about and driving, be careful because there is ice on some of the area roads. Now, all branches of the Rutherford County Library will be closed on Saturday, tomorrow, because of Christmas Eve. And then, of course, on Sunday, Sunday is Christmas Day. Uh, So keep that in mind. But again, library also closed today, but today's closing is due to the inclement weather that we are seeing right now all throughout Rutherford County, where the temperature is at zero degrees. Man, it's cold. And like I said, I'll get you an update on that entire weather forecast, the weather situation in just a few minutes but first wanted to update you on some of today's news stories one of which very positive news the unemployment rate and the unemployment rate for not only tennessee but rutherford county and the different communities within rutherford county overall rutherford county's unemployment rate is at 2.6 percent And that latest number is from November. And November's unemployment numbers improved in a majority of Tennessee's 95 counties, according to newly released data from the Department of Labor and Workforce Development. Rutherford County was ranked at number five for having the fifth lowest unemployment rate in the entire state, tying with Wilson and Sumner counties. Wilson Sumner and Rutherford County all had an unemployment rate of only 2.6% for the month of November. Statewide, 62 counties experienced a drop in the jobless rate numbers for November when compared to the previous month. The rates remain the same in 25 counties and then increased slightly in the remaining eight counties. City-by-city numbers in Rutherford County look very positive as the year comes to a close. At 2.5%, Smyrna recorded the lowest unemployment rate in the county, followed by Laverne's 2.6% unemployment rate. And then Murfreesboro had a jobless rate of 2.7% for the month of November. When comparing unemployment figures this year to unemployment numbers last year in November of 2021, it appears that jobless numbers have gone up only slightly. The unemployment rate for Murfreesboro in November of 21 was 2.5%, which is 0.2 points lower than the unemployment rate 
this November. Last year's unemployment rate in Smyrna was 2.4%, which is 0.1 point lower than this November numbers. November 2021 and 2022 numbers for Laverne are actually identical and unchanged at 2.6%. Overall, nearly every county in Tennessee logged an unemployment rate below 5% this past October. Only three counties marked rates exceeding 5%, but they were still under 10%. Williamson, Moore, and Cheatham counties each had an unemployment rate of 2.5% for the month of November, the lowest in the state. Williamson County's rate increased by 0.1 of a percentage point compared to October's revised figure, while Cheatham and Moore counties each saw their rates decline by 0.1 of a percentage point. With rates of 2.6%, Wilson, Rutherford, and Sumner counties all had those next lowest unemployment numbers for November in Tennessee. Sumner County's rate went down by 0.2 percentage points. Rutherford County's rate dropped by 0.1 percentage points when compared to the previous month, and the number for Wilson County was totally unchanged at 2.6%. Bledsoe County's November unemployment rate was 5.3%, which was the highest in the state of Tennessee, and that was mirrored by its October rate, which was also at 5.3% in Bledsoe County for November of 2022. Perry County and Scott County had the next highest rates for November, both at 5% unemployment. Scott County's figures declined by 0.2 percentage points, and Perry County, their rate decreased by 0.1 percentage points. Now, Tennessee's statewide seasonally adjusted unemployment rate for November has remained unchanged when looking at October going into November, uh, that rate being 3.5% overall in the state of Tennessee. County unemployment numbers are not seasonally adjusted to account for the different seasonal impacts of the workforce. You can read more details on that story and, of course, many others on our website all at WGNSRadio.com. Now, in other news stories, Middle Tennessee Electric is reminding their uh, different clients out there, or their members, I should say, to make sure they exercise caution with this extremely cold weather. Uh, They remind folks to, of course, check on their pipes, But also remember that there is a slight chance there could be some power outages in the upcoming future with these cold temperatures. And uh, we'll get you some more details on that. But we'll also get you some more details on how to keep your house warmer whenever it gets this cold outside. And we'll also be talking with local plumber Terry Bauer in just a few minutes to give you some ideas on how to make sure your pipes don't freeze and burst when it's this cold outside. So we have a lot of news coming your way, including a checkup on that forecast in just about 30 seconds. Time right now, 828. It is zero degrees outside on this Friday morning, today, December 23rd. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. If you've not been outside yet, just uh, beware, it is so cold out there today. When I came into work, it was around 4.30 or so, and the temperature on my truck showed 
five degrees outside, but honestly, it felt a lot colder. But then again, once you hit those temperatures of single digits of five degrees or less, I'm sure it all feels super cold. And according to the National Weather Service, the actual temperature out there was one degree at 4.30 this morning. From the National Weather Service, there is a wind chill advisory in effect all day today and going through Saturday. According to the wind chill warning, the weather outside will be dangerously cold with dangerously cold wind chills as low as 20 degrees below zero. The advisory is in place for the area south of I-40 that would cover sections of Wilson County, some portions of Lebanon, Tennessee, all of Rutherford County, Walter Hill, of course, down into Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, all the way to I-24. Then past I-24, you're looking at Murfreesboro, Blackman Community, Christiana, Rockville, and more. That is where that windchill advisory is in effect. And this windchill advisory will remain active up until noon on Saturday. And of course, it could be extended past that time. But right now, up until noon on Saturday. The other big thing that folks are worried about, or at least should be thinking about right now, is making sure their pipes in their house do not freeze. If they freeze, then you could be looking at busted pipes. And the second that water thaws out, you've got even bigger problems on your hand. In regards to the water pipes in your house or in your business, we had a chance to talk to plumber Terry Bauer with Bauer Plumbing Services here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Well, I've been in the plumbing trade for 30 years in this area, so I'm very familiar with Middle Tennessee, and it's different than way up north, and it's different than farther down south. Terry, first of all, what can folks do to make sure this doesn't happen at their house? Just dripping the pipes isn't enough. You're going to need to put them at a stream, you know, let them run, maybe a couple different fixtures. You might want to set an alarm and check on things every hour or two. You know, one concern when you're running your faucet to prevent your pipes from freezing and coincidentally you have either your whole house stops up or a particular fixture is slow or stopped up with you know the drain you can have an overflow and cause a flood that way so that's why if you're really concerned and you're in that danger area you might want to set an alarm and, and kind of babysit it on top of worrying about the pipes freezing within your house or in your business another worry or concern is the actual water meter tell us more about that and what you've seen in the past when we get into those extreme situations where it's been three days in a row of really cold temps, some water meters, uh, most of them are not in this situation, but, but there are several where the meter is really close to the surface, like right up against the lid of the box. Well, those meters are really prone to freezing and breaking. And so when it thaws and like water is flying everywhere and you're calling the water department, be patient with them because they're dealing with probably hundreds, if not thousands of people needing their services all at once. So, you know, they only have so many people. All right. So let's go back to that leaving the water running leaving a drip instead folks need to be leaving the water running not full blast or anything crazy like that no no just just like a pencil thin stream is, is a lot different than a drip that's going to make a big difference though right yes absolutely because the water is now really moving through the pipe it doesn't have to be full blast like you know just a little pencil thin stream is a way different thing than just a random drip let's briefly talk about the aftermath of frozen pipes how much does this end up costing folks that's a tough question to answer. There's a lot of variables. First of all, if the pipes didn't rupture, if it's a matter of someone thawing them out, well, that's just a basic service call. You know, everyone has their own different rates and everything. But the big problem is if the pipes burst, you know, if they split, and then you won't know it when they're frozen. But when things thaw out and water starts going everywhere, it just depends. If it's above the floor, it can do a lot of damage. If anybody listening runs into that situation of having those pipes actually freeze, can they call you? Are you going to be available? I'm a one-man operation. I'm probably not the best person to call for an urgent thing like that. Generally speaking, I know a lot of people are leery of the bigger box companies that have you know many, many trucks and huge advertising budgets and all that stuff. My tip for calling a company like that, because I'm, I'm a one-man operation, those companies have a lot of overhead, but the thing they got going for them is they can typically have someone at your house very quickly. And if you just keep them focused on repairing your one specific problem and not upselling you on things you don't need, it's worth it to call a big company if you're in an urgent situation like that than to avoid calling that company and having damage done to your house. Dangerously cold temperatures are expected all across Middle Tennessee. The temperature will rapidly fall from the mid-40s and 50s 
to near zero Thursday night going into Friday morning. Then you combine the temperature falling to zero with wind, then the temperature is going to feel even colder outside. The wind chill making it feel like negative 15 degrees to negative 25 degrees. All of this could cause exposed pipes or underprotected pipes to freeze and rupture. Is there anything we can do to better protect the pipes in our house? In some scenarios, yes. Uh, for example, let's say you have a crawl space that's accessible enough for you to get under there or for you to have someone go under there. Just setting up a little heat lamp safely can be a huge game changer. All it takes is just a little ambient temperature in a confined space. Like if you know that you have an outside wall and there's water pipes coming up for a sink on an outside wall and you know that there's a vent window or a vent or a place where air can get to it and you can stuff some kind of insulating material and then run an extension cord and put a heat lamp safely in the general area, you've almost certainly solved the problem and stayed ahead of it. Keeping wind off of gaps or cracks or places where air can get to it, if you can somehow put some kind of insulating material and keep the air off of it, that's huge. And then if you additionally can safely put some kind of, it doesn't have to be a heavy-duty heat source. You don't have to have a space heater blasting on the situation. Even just a heat lamp in a somewhat enclosed space, in addition to dribbling your pipes, just like a pencil-thin stream can be a huge game changer. Again, we've been talking with Terry Bauer with Bauer Plumbing Services. So as we close, leaving the water not dripping, but letting the water run just a pencil thin stream, along with making sure there's no additional wind coming into your house through vent work and making sure those vents are closed and maybe even a heat lamp will make a world of difference in the end and hopefully keep those pipes from freezing. Once more, we've been talking with Terry Bauer with Bauer Plumbing Services about making sure your pipes don't freeze in these very cold temperatures over the next few days. For WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. The best part about taking ZQuil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. ZQuil Pure Z's Gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Go to 4 slash joy. At Hims, you'll get a free medical consultation and discreet shipping if prescribed. You'll love your results. To start your free online visit, go to 4 slash joy. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Analexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We're talking with Betty Atterbury. If I was talking to one of my friends, which I have been, I strongly recommend to come to Adam's Place. For one thing, they're five-star. They've got a very good reputation. I was here several years ago in the rehab part. I really like Adam's Place. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adam's Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.38 on this Friday morning. Today, December 23rd, well, we just got off the phone with Rutherford County Commissioner Pettis Reed, and he gave us an update on the local convenience centers you know the place where you drop off your trash at different areas different sites all throughout the county well those convenience centers are closed today due to that inclement weather the extreme coldness outside for one 
icy roads in some areas, so they are closed today. Again, all convenience centers in Rutherford County are closed today due to that cold, cold, cold weather. They're going to be closed on Christmas Eve. That's Saturday and Christmas Day, of course, on Sunday. However, they will reopen at their regular hours at the convenience centers on Tuesday. So again, reopening for their regular hours, the convenience centers, on Tuesday, which is December 27th. So just wanted to update everybody on that. And then also the reminder that the local library branches, all Rutherford County library branches are closed today due to that inclement weather. And again, when we say inclement weather, we're talking about that cold chill. It is so cold out there. The wind chill outside, you know, it's making it feel like, depending on how hard the wind's blowing, sometimes negative 20 degrees. And that's insane cold, let me tell you, because when the temperature is already at zero, which is something that a lot of folks haven't experienced before, if they're new to Tennessee, you, you know, we always have, obviously, the weather changes drastically in Tennessee. We've always said, you know, if you don't like the weather now, stick around. It'll be different in the next hour, in the next day, whatever the case is. But yes, the weather changes all the time in Tennessee. But a lot of people have not experienced that zero degree temperature, and they've definitely not experienced a wind chill of negative 20 degrees, which we are going to see throughout the day and into the night tonight and then going into Saturday. The wind chill advisory will no longer be in effect on Saturday at noon. Of course, it could be extended depending on how cold it gets. But right now in downtown Murfreesboro, we are seeing a negative one degree temperature reading, at least here at the station. That's what we're seeing, negative one degree here at the station right now in downtown Murfreesboro. It is so cold. I don't remember the last time it was this cold outside. I, I really don't. All right, so coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit with Middle Tennessee Electric to find out a few things that you can do to save money in this extreme cold weather. Some ideas to help you cut down that electric bill. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We spoke with Katie McKee from Middle Tennessee Electric about the cold weather impacting our homes. Uh, I just really want to give people some tips on how to keep warm inside their house during those times. What are things we can do to save money on our electric bill whenever the temperature gets as cold as it got last night and into this morning and then, of course, over the next few days? You know, our homes are well insulated and well built down here, but we do want to make sure we hold in as much of that heat as possible. So what I like to tell people to do is step one, making sure your windows are sealed off really well. Make sure your storm windows are shut. Make sure your blinds and the curtains. And then if you don't have curtains, hang up blankets because windows are a very large spot for heat to transfer out of. So we just want to cover those as much as possible, especially when it gets really, really cold outside. And if people are using fireplaces, which they can absolutely give secondary heat source to kind of cut back on their electric usage, but make sure they have carbon monoxide detectors to keep themselves safe inside their home. And then when they're not using their fireplace, close up that flu vent so that the cold air doesn't come down through the chimney. Just one more, the thermostat settings. Now we do like to crank up the thermostat, but if you're trying to save on electricity usage, we wanna actually turn it down a little bit and then bundle up instead. And again, every time we turn that thermostat down during the winter, each degree is gonna save you money because you gotta remember, this is an electric bill that you're gonna be getting at the you know end of the month for that entire previous 30 days, 31 days and some months but it covers an entire month, and sometimes it's easy to forget how cold it did get. 
Exactly. So when you get your bill, you have to remember the previous month's weather. But instead of just getting your bill at the end of the month and maybe being surprised by it, I suggest that people go to our website and download the app, and they can log on and see their usage every single day, see their hourly usage as well. So if one day their usage is really high, that might be a sign of, you know, one, your HVAC unit is running more than needed because maybe it has an issue or maybe your thermostat is up too high and you can turn it down a few degrees and save money but you're aware of it in the moment instead of after the fact and again the app for middle tennessee electric the cool thing about it and i know you just said this but the cool thing about it is you can really go back and compare each month and find out how much electricity you're using one month versus the other Oh, absolutely. It's really good to do that with, you know, the highs in the summer times and in the winter times. Uh, In the winter time, you have to really look at how cold does it really get and when does it start dropping to below 40 degrees? Um, Because a lot of our homes run on heat pumps nowadays and heat pumps need a secondary heat source called auxiliary heat when the temperatures drop around 40 degrees. So what you'll tend to see is when you start looking at your usage is as the temperature drops, your usage is going to go up two to three times if you're using that emergency heat mode or that auxiliary heat mode. Again, talking with Katie McKee this morning at Middle Tennessee Electric. A few ideas on saving money with your monthly utility bill. And have you got anything else for us on how we can save a few more extra bucks? Um, yes, uh, to save money, not to create extra heat, let's use uh, a heated pads and heated blankets instead of space heaters. Uh, space heaters are energy suckers, and they really will add up a lot faster than you think. And then, of course, if they have any questions, feel free to give us a call. We'll be happy to go over some energy-saving tips with them. Our uh, energy service hotline number is 877 490 Right now that time, 846, you're tuned to WGNS on this cold December 23rd day. Uh, It is Friday. And just a reminder, all the convenience centers throughout Rutherford County, they are all closed today due to that extreme cold weather. And then on top of that, all the Rutherford County Library Branch locations, they too are closed today due to the extreme temperatures outside. And right now we are seeing negative one degree in downtown Murfreesboro. Now back to the convenience centers. They're also going to be closed, of course, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so will the Rutherford County Library System. Libraries will be back open on Monday. Convenience centers where you drop off your trash, those will be reopened on Tuesday for the regular hours. But again, all closed today due to that inclement weather, the extreme cold, wind chill, all of that playing a factor in these locations closing. Time right now, 847. Stay with us. More news and information is coming up on WGNS. I'm Ken Coleman. Join me here on News Radio WGNS, weekdays live at noon, as we answer your questions about your calling, passion, and talent to maximize your potential. At Holden Hardware, we carry one of the area's best selection of sleds. We carry the round disc to the 48 and 66 inch plastic toboggans. We also have a few different ones in between. We may even have the old fashioned wood and metal sleds. When you are wanting to buy a sled, don't drive all over town. Come by and see us at Holden Hardware on the square. If you see the sleds in the window, we have them waiting for you. But don't wait too long. Get your sled at Holden Hardware on the square. We're all about saving you money. I'm Dave Ramsey on WGNS, Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. National Weather Service is saying that you should avoid all outside activities if possible and when outside, make sure you wear the appropriate clothing, including a hat and definitely thick gloves. The most dangerous of all warnings right now would be that wind chill warning. 
and this wind chill warning calls for a wind chill that will remain in effect up until noon on Saturday. As for the forecast today, partly sunny skies, the high will reach 13 degrees, but those wind chill values will be as low as negative 17 degrees today. Again, with the wind, it makes it feel like negative 17 degrees outside. And for tonight, partly cloudy, low down to 5 degrees, with the wind chill value as low as negative 9 degrees for Friday night. Saturday, mostly sunny, high near 24 degrees, wind chill values as low as negative 9 on Saturday. And then Saturday night, mostly clear, low down to 8 degrees, with winds coming from the west at 5 miles per hour. Then for Christmas Day, sunny, with a high near 29 degrees. Again, sunny on Christmas Day, high at 29 degrees, winds up to 5 miles per hour. For Christmas night, that's this Sunday night, partly cloudy skies, low down to 10 degrees, winds up to 5 miles per hour on Sunday night, that's Christmas night. For Monday, 20% chance of snow showers in the afternoon, mostly cloudy, high at 34 degrees on Monday, winds between 5 and 10 miles per hour. For Monday night, mostly cloudy, low down to 21. Tuesday, mostly sunny, high at 43 degrees. Tuesday night, partly cloudy, low at 24. Wednesday, mostly sunny, high near 52. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, low at 38 degrees. Again for today, partly sunny skies, the high will reach 13 degrees, but those wind chill values will be as low as negative 17 degrees today. For WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker. Parents, are you looking for a way to help motivate your kids to be more responsible while giving them a financial education? Money habits are set by age seven. So Heritage South has partnered with My First Nest Egg to teach kids healthy money habits. My First Nest Egg is a fun chore and allowance app designed by moms for three to 12 year olds. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org kids to learn how our members can get this amazing app for free, insured by NCUA. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.51, you're tuned to WGNS on this Friday morning. We now head to the Stones River Battlefield, which is under the National Park Service, and we'll be talking with Chief Ranger Jim Lewis. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you this morning? Uh, a bit chilly, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they were kidding about no, those wind chills, were they? <laughs> definitely not. I I don't think we've ever really seen wind chills of like negative twenty degrees in Murfreesboro before. At least not that I can remember. Yeah. So it's for the record, it is way colder than it was at the time of the Battlestones River right now. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So take us back 160 years when the Civil War Battle of Stones River took place because it took place right around this time frame. In fact, December 31st through January 2nd, I guess, was the actual date of that battle at Stones River. So tell us more about that. Yeah, um, and actually 160 years ago today, Really, things are starting to gear up in Nashville as the Union Army is preparing to move out. It'll actually start marching on the 26th of December, take about four days to get down to Murfreesboro, and then, of course, we'll get into the, the big fight. Um, and, you know, when it begins, it'll start at dawn on December 31st, and um, over the course of that day, nearly all of the 81,000 soldiers between the two armies, the Union Army of the Cumberland under General William S. Rosecrans and the Confederate Army of Tennessee under Braxton Bragg will become embroiled in the fighting. Um, it'll start out looking pretty good for the Confederates. They'll actually run the Union Army ragged for a goodly part of the morning. Um, but uh, slowly but surely, with some serious resistance, the Union Army will finally hold its ground on the afternoon of December 31st, 1862, along the Nashville Pike, where our visitor center is today, and um, you know, turn the battle around. Um, they'll have a break on January 1st, and then they'll be fighting along the banks of the Stones River on January 2nd, 1863. That will kind of bring the battle to the close and. 
when it's all done, almost 24,000 of those soldiers, nearly one-third of both armies, is either dead, wounded, or captured when it's done. So it's, it's a pretty brutal fight. Again, talking with Chief Ranger Jim Lewis of the National Park Service at the Stones River National Battlefield. So again, give us that casualty number because that's a, a number that is really hard to fathom when you think about the number of deaths here in our own backyard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was about 23,515, if you want to be, depending on which book or account you look at. Um, Now, that is a combination of killed, wounded, and captured. About 3,000 soldiers were dead on the field. Um, The vast majority of the casualties are wounded. About 16,000 men uh, lay in hospitals or out on the field after the battle was done. And uh, um, we figure a minimum of probably about a quarter of them will not survive to fight another day. So um, it's back at, at that time, if you were wounded and you died the next day, they generally did not change you from wounded to killed. So it's a you know, little bit difficult to put your finger down on you know how many people actually died as a result of the battle. But it was it's grim any way you slice it. You know, it, it's hard to believe that such a large battle took place right here in Murfreesboro, being the the Battle of the Stones River over a three-day period. And over that short span of time, you're talking about over 20,000 who were either killed or wounded in Murfreesboro, right there at the Stones River. There's so much history here that really... If those are new to, you know, whenever somebody moves into Murfreesboro, I'm guessing a lot of them, they have no clue about the Civil War that took place right here. We do have a lot more people moving in from other places and maybe aren't that familiar, but I guess we're uh, lucky enough, I guess, that the battle did happen here. Uh, so we do have a, a you know, a, a piece of the National Park Service preserving part of that story and, and, and sharing it with folks. And uh, as many folks in our town know, it's also a, um, a favorite space for people to come out and walk and jog and you know, take the dogs out and, you know, maybe have a picnic and be surrounded by that history. So, um, yeah, and you can blame the Confederates for Murfreesboro having the battle. They're the ones that, you know, decided to come here and uh, make Murfreesboro the target. Um, timing was entirely the Union's fault. Um, this this battle, along with the battles at Fredericksburg uh, in Virginia and uh, Chickasaw Bayou, uh, in Mississippi are all being fought at the end of December because uh, President Lincoln is pushing all of his commanders to seek a, get a, seek a, a victory to support the Emancipation Proclamation as it goes into effect on January 1st, 1863. As it turns out, Stones River will be that victory. So when you look back at the battle that took place here, uh, do you ever have people come up to you and just, you know, they're in awe about some of the facts that, that you give them? Because some of these facts are, you know, hard to swallow. It's hard. It, it is hard to imagine a lot of this happening. And then on top of that, uh, if you start telling them, well, you know, these homes or wh- whatever address it is, X, Y, Z, these homes were turned into battlefield hospitals, if you would. And then these homes over here, these are where some of the leaders of the military lived for a short time period. I mean, because there's all that history that goes along with it. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, the Stones River is not one of the best-known battles of the Civil War. Um, one of my favorite catchphrases is, we're the Rodney Dangerfield of Civil War battles. So a lot of people, even folks that have some passing interest in the Civil War uh, and maybe have visited a Shiloh or a Chickamauga or an Antietam or a Gettysburg, um, when they pop in to visit us, it is often a voyage of discovery for them um, because the Battle of Stones River or the Battle of Murfreesboro um, is, you know, has never been as heavily written about as those other battles and doesn't stand up there in most people's minds up there in, in, in that iconography of the, the great battles of the Civil War, but it certainly was, and people discover that all the time. And then, yes, I mean, 
in and around Murfreesboro, although, you know, year by year we, we, we seem to lose a little bit more of, you know, the, the physical reminders of our past, but, you know, certainly around the town square up where your station is, um, you know, there are still buildings and homes that, you know, uh, were, were occupied and were part of that Civil War story, not just the battle, but, you know, from the start right through the Union occupation to the finish. Again, this morning we are talking with Chief Ranger Jim Lewis of the National Park Service and more specifically the Stones River Battlefield. Are there going to be some special events coming up so that folks can learn more about the Battle of Stones River as we near that date of December 31st when it happened? Uh, yeah, there, there are. In fact, they'll start this Monday uh, right after Christmas. Uh, uh, we'll begin uh, through the weekdays of Monday through Friday. We'll have a, a series of ranger programs at uh, 11 o'clock every day. Um, I'll be meeting with the folks over at the Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce Visitor Center on their big map out on the patio, and uh, we will be talking about what happened that day in the campaign uh, 160 years ago, kind of tracking how the two armies come together. Um, Each day at 1 o'clock, we'll be doing a talk on um, a soldier or a, a unit that fought in the Battle of Stones River. And then every day at 2 o'clock, uh, one of our rangers will be leading a, a walkout on the battlefield. Each day will be a, a, a different place on the battlefield, and we'll kind of cover some of the, the main events. Then on the 31st, New Year's Eve, which uh, falls on a Saturday, and it, um, is going to be a, a big living history event uh, from 10 a.m., until about 3.30 p.m., uh, we're going to be having every half hour um, demonstrations by either Confederate or Union infantry or artillery. And each program will be, uh, the focus of each program will be the story of the battle as told through the words of one of the soldiers who, who fought there and left behind a letter or diary that uh, allows us to kind of see the battle and tell the story of the battle in their own words, which is the title of of the programs. So on January 1st, no, go ahead. January 1st, what, what occurs on January 1st, we will be kind of pausing in our interpretation of the battle and spending the day um, um, doing special programs, interpreting the Emancipation Proclamation, because that is the 160th anniversary of that document going into effect. And as I mentioned, really it's the main reason the Battle of Stones River is fought at the end of December is to, you know, to back that you know, very important document in our history up. Um, and uh, we'll have President Abraham Lincoln out to you know, chat about his thoughts on it. Um, we're going to have a, a descendant of uh, Frederick Douglass, um, Kevin Green, who will uh, share um, the thoughts of his great-great-grandfather um, who, who talked about the proclamation in a speech that was made shortly after it went into effect. And we'll also be featuring a special uh, program put together by our friends in the African-American Heritage Society of Rutherford County. And then we'll finish up the events on January 2nd where we'll, um, people can come over to the McFadden Farm Unit of the, the, the park, our tour stop number six. Um, and watch us fire cannons and uh, uh, do programs focusing on that last day of the Battle of Stones River. So in, in listening to you, you know, detail some of this history, if I'm not mistaken, January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipa- Emancipation Proclamation, uh, and that was actually a day before the Battle of Stones River completely wrapped up. Correct. Yep. Um, the timing wasn't as, as good as Lincoln would have wanted it, but considering that the other major battles that happened in December ended up as Union defeats, um, this was the only one he had to fall back on. It, it, it's amazing. I mean, the history, when you go back in time and and read about the different battles that took place, you, you know, this battle here at Stones River was one of those big ones, and, and like you said, a lot of people don't know about it, but it's a battle that is tied to that Emancipation Proclamation that literally freed slaves all across the country. So it's it's massive in history. 
Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, the proclamation itself doesn't free any slaves, but it does put slavery squarely on the chopping block. It's really one of the first big steps of the Lincoln administration to kind of say, you know what, if we win this war, we're done with slavery. Um, and that was certainly not the case when this thing fires up in 1861. I mean, it's, it's not a war aim of the United States government. Um, it'll take until the 13th Amendment gets passed by Congress and then ratified that slavery is actually eliminated in the United States of America. Uh, but the proclamation is a, is a huge step forward. Um, and, you know, what it will, you know, one of the things that it'll do, um, is allow for the, you know, the creation of the United States color troops and, um, let formerly enslaved people literally fight for their freedom, um, which will, be a huge jolt to the Union cause as, as the war goes on. By the end of the war, African-Americans actually make up about 10% of the United States Army. They only make up about 1% of the population. You know, it, it, it's interesting and fascinating that you, you brought up the fact that, you know, it, that Emancipation Proclamation wasn't something that immediately freed slaves. And when you said that, I started thinking, you know, it's a lot like in times today where uh, a member of Congress or the president will put forth the thought on, you name it, any subject and how they want to change this, and it's going to take Congress to change it. Well, just just like today's times back then, things did not happen instantly within our government. Things had to be voted on and approved, and it's just fascinating to hear how the same type of stuff when it comes to approving things, it was unfolding the same way way back then in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, because the Emancipation Proclamation is an executive action. It was a war, you know, a wartime, um, you know, effort. And, you know, Lincoln was very, very clear once that came out that, you know, when the war is over, then your wartime declarations maybe don't stand anymore. <laughs> so... Um, that is why you move forward in a, a constitution in this case. But yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, we we hear it all the time. I mean, you know, when a when particularly when a president does does something via executive order, I mean that only that could potentially only last as long as that person is president, and then you know it doesn't become really permanent unless you know Congress passes a you know, passes legislation and then it gets signed. That's the way our system works. Again, we're talking with Chief Ranger Jim Lewis of the National Park Service, and he is at the Stones River Battlefield. And again, highlighting the Battle of Stones River that took place December 31st, 1862, lasted up until January 2nd, 1863, over 20,000 casualties at that particular battle many, many deaths, and, of course, many seriously wounded. But it happened right here in Murfreesboro. And, again, folks out there listening can learn more about it by visiting the battlefield, and some special displays will be set up. Uh, A lot happening there at the battlefield over the next few days. And, again, the start of some of those special displays where folks can come out is, what, Monday? Monday, yep. Monday we'll be starting with our Ranger programs like I said, if folks are interested in the living history component, then that would be the next Saturday, uh, the 31st, or January 2nd on Monday. Sounds good. Again, Chief Ranger Jim Lewis talking about the Stones River Battlefield. And for anybody wanting to learn more, I'm sure you can just simply Google Stones River Battlefield, and it should pull right up. That way we'll you can get the address. Yeah, that's right. Well, Jim, thank you very much for joining us. Let's do this again sometime in the near future because the history of our community, I mean, it's really fascinating, and there's so much to be learned. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, besides the battlefield, you know, you know we've got, like I said, we've got plenty of history right, right in the center of town. I mean, you can stop by our um, uh, friends at the Heritage Center of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County and... Uh, do a self-guided tour of some of the historic homes and, and places around the square. We've got our friends at Oakland's that share part of the Civil War story with us. Um, it's, it's a great town if you love history. 
Definitely so. And supposedly there are some places on the courthouse, and you, you've probably heard about it and maybe even seen it, where you can see where bullets that were fired during that Civil War uh, were actually, you know, they hit the brick of our courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during the, 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 that was during the, the first Battle of Murfreesboro, the, the raid by Nathan Bedford Forrest and his cavalry in July of uh, 1862. Wow, a lot of history there. Well, thanks again for joining us. And uh, again, everybody listening, make sure you head out there to the Stones River National Battlefield. A lot happening as we lead up to that date, that anniversary date, December 31st, 1862 to January 2nd, 1863, when the Battle of Stones River took place. And again, Jim, thanks for joining us. Uh, My pleasure. Thank you for having me on, Scott. Definitely so. I I will give it a try. (laughs) Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, that was Chief Ranger Jim Lewis with the Stones River National Battlefield under our National Park Service. Time right now, 9-10. More, a lot more to come. And Roundtable, that's what comes your way next right here on WGNS, your good neighbor station since 1947. We're going to get a quick look at the news from CBS. We'll just take a short one-minute look at the news and then head to the WGNS Roundtable on this Friday morning, today, the 23rd of December, and you're tuned to WGNS Murfreesboro. CBS News Brief. A vicious winter storm is really putting a damper on holiday travel. In Minnesota, the roads are not in good shape for driving. Even in the areas that have been plowed really well, if you get above 40 miles an hour, you start sliding around. And flying is a problem, too, with thousands of flights canceled and delayed. The January 6th committee's final report is out. CBS's Willie James Inman with details. The report says that former President Donald Trump criminally engaged in a multi-part conspiracy to overturn the lawful results of the 2020 presidential election. The Senate passed a huge bipartisan spending bill. That's step one on the way to averting a government shutdown. Now it's off to the House. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer praising the bill. It's one of the most significant appropriations packages we've done in a really long time. Now the House is expected to pass the bill today. Then it's off to the president's desk for his signature. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacey Lynn. 